Welcome to season four, episode one of Healing Your Mindset with Sarah. I have taken a little hiatus since the end of November until now. And if you've been listening along since the beginning, you know I started this podcast last February, so almost a year ago. Um, And so there's four seasons because as I've been figuring out kind of how to theme and what to offer and what to bring you that I felt would be most valuable. I've been kind of jumping around just with the seasons of life and, you know, my journey through lots of different, um, healing avenues with myself, with my clients, um, and just some life experiences. And so this year I am very clear on what I am bringing you. I am bringing you a new series, um, called grief uncensored healing your mindset with Sarah grief uncensored. So what this is going to look like is season four of this podcast. You will be getting one brand new episode every single month, kind of chronicling my journey with losing my mother, December 18th of 2022. So 2023 will be the first year of my life where my mother does not exist in this physical plane. And already so much has happened in the last six weeks um, since her passing. Um, I've already stretched and grown and changed so much in just that time. And I, along this journey, know that I'm going to come across so many people, so many lessons, so many things that I think are going to be really valuable, not just to people who are grieving. Um, although I do believe after my experience with my mom and after my work in oncology that we all have experienced grief in various different levels, whether it is grief of, um, losing a loved one and actually, you know, them passing on to the other side in death, or maybe it's, um, loss of relationship. Maybe it's loss of job. Maybe it's loss of identity. There's so many things that can cause us to grieve. And I think it's such a huge, um, underlying connection piece for those of us who are human. So that's anyone that's able to listen to this podcast. I mean, I'm sure you listen with your animals sometimes too. And um, depending on what you believe, maybe they experience some of these emotions as well. Um, But yeah, I'm here to share some of my process, some of my experiences, some of the things that have helped me. I'll be sharing new insights and that will be the monthly episode that you get from me. And then there will be occasional bonus episodes with continued tips and tricks on how to heal your mindset, potential um, guest speakers, and just really anything that I feel is poignant and resonant to share with you to help you move through this thing called life, whether it's, you know, um, through grieving, healing, all of the above. Um, and that brings me to kind of my next piece that I want to talk about is everybody typically has this, you know, word for the year and, um, my mom passing over the holidays really 
really shook me, um, for obvious reasons. And, you know, the top of the year had come shortly after her passing and we had her celebration of life and burial on January 5th of this year of 2023. And as we were heading into the new year, I, I did still want to think about a word in a way that I wanted to live and manifest this year because I know that it is so powerful. Um, and my word was, um, or is rather legacy because I'd like to live my life as a legacy to my mother. And I'm going to try and explain this in a way that makes sense. Um, but I think that sometimes when we think of legacy, we think of it in terms of, you know, leaving something behind or leaving our mark or wanting to be remembered or, you know, revered or, you know, let our name pass on through history, etc. And one of the things that really, really stood out to me after my mother's passing and after being at her celebration of life with so many people, um, you know, expected and unexpected who had so many beautiful stories and memories of my mom that even in, in the moment I didn't remember, you know, and, um, watching my sister interact with people and myself interacting with people and even having people look at me in a certain way of like, you know, maybe remembering my mom when she was young. I didn't do this on purpose, but, um, for a large part of my life, um, my mom was sick. And so I always had this kind of why in the back of my head of how I was going to live my life in terms of, you know, living as healthy as possible to not end up sick. And there were many, many years that my driving force was to not end up like my mother. And as the years went on and our relationship started to heal, I started to um, really admire and respect her. And again, not on purpose, but kind of coincidentally, last year when I went through Tony Robbins, Unleash Her Power Within, and I fully transformed my life and really just stepped into a new level of who I was and was really um, forming and shaping and stepping into an identity that was a piece of me that had been uncovered and empowered, um, I decided that blonde um, and dirty blonde hair was no longer for me. And um, one of my empowered identities is Ginger Snap. <laughs> and um, those of you who know me know that that's very fitting identity. And so I felt like I needed copper hair to go along with it. And I dyed my hair red. And um, those people who knew my mom um, or know me, and I will share with you, um, knew that for most of my younger years when my mom was healthy and vibrant and running businesses and being sassy and frankly being like who I've become or am becoming, she had red hair. And so I think that there were some folks that, you know, used to work with my mom when she looked like that and was in that age and closer to the age that I am now, um, were maybe kind of taken aback when they saw me, um, at the memorial. And I think that, um, you know, or I know that rather my mom lives on 
in my personality and my stories and my memories and all of the other people's memories of her and the way that we continue to share who she was but not only that for me this word legacy she lives on and how I can continue to choose to live a really vibrant beautiful life because beyond her physical body no longer being here I am very spiritual, very connected, believe in God, believe in God's promise. I believe that she's in heaven and I believe that she is restored and beautiful and whole. And I also believe that I can communicate with her in a completely different way now. And she can come with me to spaces she could have never been before. And even though, and and I'll share this part of the grief, really, even though I know that in my heart and I... I connect to her in that way. There are still these other moments of sadness where the earthly part of me does crave for her to be here and craves for her to meet, um, you know, my future husband, my next partner craves for her to be at these milestones in my life as I continue to grow my business and help hundreds and thousands of people, you know, as I continue to make impact, like I just want to pick up the phone and call her or send her a text message. And I really have to ground myself in allowing myself to feel that emotion and to move through it, not to stuff it down, to let it live and be as it is and move through my body and then come back to the legacy, come back to the moving forward and really, truly living the most vibrant, beautiful life that I can so that she lives on in my humor, in my stories, in how I touch others, my mother, um, deeply cared about humanity and deeply cared about um, helping others. And I know that I received that from her. Uh, Growing up, she was a secretary at a Methodist church. And I remember um, in the late 80s and early 90s when it was way more taboo, she, you know, was doing AIDS outreach and helping um, with people at that time. And I ended up working for an AIDS foundation later in life and being a therapist at a rehab with folks who had HIV and AIDS. And, you know, it's, I look back and there's so many moments in my life where I had followed in her footsteps, whether on purpose or inadvertently or whatever. And she really did leave me these beautiful examples of humanity that I'm so grateful for. And I plan to continue that on in my work to build a legacy that I know that she would be proud of to just send the ripple effect to help other people to be kind to love to share the human experience to be raw to be open to be honest all of it and so I hope that that's what this podcast can do this year um I hope that it, I mean, large in part, having this podcast over this past year has been so healing for me on so many levels as I've walked through um, so many transformational moments that I know um, are not unique. They're part of the human experience and which is why I think we have to share, we have to talk, we have to open up dialogue conversations. And I hope that if you do listen to this podcast, that you leave reviews, that you leave comments, that you get on my social media, that you reach out to me, that you start dialogues with other people that are a part of my community that you see on there commenting and that we can all really just start talking and sharing our stories more because that is truly where the, just the beauty and power of life is. And 
Um, you know, as I said, working in oncology, I've, I've experienced a lot of death, um, but I've also experienced a lot of life and a lot of joy. And there's so many moments where, you know, I've shared, um, I do grief counseling and I've shared things with my patients and their families and their loved ones to help them navigate what they're going through. And I was telling one of them the other day, like right after my mom died, all of these um, you know, almost like bumper sticker, like slogans and th- cliche things to say that you say to people just were like flooding my mind. And every little thing I've told a patient or a caregiver or a family member. And I just told him, I said, you know, I felt like such an asshole because I know that those things may have been helpful in the moment and they so do not touch what the actual feeling of losing that person is like. And I've experienced loss many times in my life. Our, my foster sister was murdered, like traumatic deaths. Um, I had a friend who died of HIV AIDS. I've had people die of old age. I've had people die unexpectedly, accidents, countless people that have died from cancer, you know, and nothing has really touched me like my mom. And I, I I can't speak to losing, you know, a partner. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to losing a child. But what I can speak to is what it's been like to lose my mom. And I think one of the, um, the hardest things is that I think we all think that we always have time, more time. And even though my mom was sick for many years of my life, we had this joke that we called her la cucaracha, the cockroach, because we just, she kept bouncing back. We just thought she was going to outlive everybody. And, you know, she'd literally been in comas. She'd been, you know, um, on life support many times and came back and came back and came back. And for the last couple of years of her life, she was trying so, so hard. There were many beautiful things happening in our family, uh, marriages, births. She wanted to travel more. She turned 60. We were able to give her one of the most beautiful, meaningful birthday parties of her life, <laughs> I think. Um, and then just in the nick of time, um, cause my mom did die at the age of 60. Um, she died August, September, October, September, October, November, four, just four months after her 60th birthday. Um, I don't do math. Yes, I was counting <laughs> and trying to figure that out. Um, and, you know, point being, she was at this space where I just always thought there would be more time. And there's even been moments where like new and exciting things have happened to me in this last six weeks. And I've picked up the phone to want to share it with her. And she's just not there. And that part is just so hard. Um, and so I share that to say that, you know, when you think of somebody, cause we think of people all the time, right? I can't tell you how many times a day my grandma pops in my head. Freaking text the woman, call the woman. Like we all think like, oh, we've got so much time or, oh, I'm busy. Like, you know, I've got this meeting and I only have five minutes to myself in between. It takes you no time at all to shoot a a quick text message, a voice message. We all have technology these days. I am driving to Colorado from California. I'm on my phone right now creating this podcast while I'm driving. I mean, multitasking people about the things that matter. Yes, do it safely, but 
you know, about the things that matter. If you think of someone, call them, text them, send the funny meme, send the joke, stay connected, stay connected, love your people while you can. I cannot stress this enough. I've heard this a million times. I'm sure you have too. You're probably like, oh my gosh, this is so cliche. Everyone always says like, there's more time. There's not, there, there's never enough time, you know, whatever. Well, it's true. And sometimes we all need to hear things, you know, in the right time or from the right person. Maybe we've heard the same message many, many times, and then it just hits you different at a different space in life. So I'm choosing to share this again right now so that if you're listening and you need to hear this, you hear this. Okay. Um, I've talked many times on this podcast about, um, the trauma of relationships and, um, I'm not saying that we should, you know, lower the drawbridge for everybody. I'm not saying that we shouldn't keep healthy boundaries with people who have abused us. However, what I am saying is if there's a healthy way to do it, you know, through therapy, with boundaries, communication, whatever it is, and you have something in your life with someone that feels unsettled, settle it. If, if nothing else, for yourself. Um, there's a beautiful um, Hawaiian prayer that I share with my clients often that is really helpful for those relationships where you really feel like it's not safe to um, have actual reconciliation or verbal interaction. Um, it's called Ho'oponopono. Um, you can look it up. You can Google it. I'll try to put a link here in my show notes regarding um, how to access that. Um, and it's a really beautiful way um, to bring in some for- forgiveness, some peace um, for you know yourself and the other person in that situation if it's not something that can safely be reconciled. Um, in addition, um, the last part that I will share, so this doesn't turn into a nine hour long podcast is, um, and especially because we're at the top of the year, something that I think is so important is our habits. And one of the things that one of my teachers and mentors always talks about Kim Fitzpatrick, she talks about being in training and training for life. Um, one of her um, campaigns and slogans and ways of living is to be her now. And it, she talks about having the habits and being the person that you want to be now, even if you don't feel like you are that person yet, adopting it now so that you can be more like that person. And that includes your habits. Um, and we are in training for life. Um, life is always happening. You can choose to look at life happening to you or for you. I choose to look at life happening for me. That is one of the things um, that helps me through. And I also have just adopted the truth that life is inherently hard. It is not easy. It is not meant to just be handed to us on a silver platter. And I think the more that we can realize that life is difficult and we get really joyful, beautiful moments, I'm not being cynical, but what I am saying is that we need to be prepared to handle things when S is hitting the fan. And the way that you do that is your habits and the thing that I've been training for it. I didn't, I didn't know I was training for my mother's unexpected death. I didn't know that that was going to happen. I mean, we all know that we will lose people or we will die. That is the one certain thing in life. Um, however, um, what I was doing 
was that I had a daily practice already of checking in with a group of women on Zoom, my wellness community, where we get on and we do either fitness, mindset work, or business work, and most importantly, just keep each other accountable and check in with one another as life is happening. That has been part of my training is surrounding myself with a community of like-minded individuals that help me to thrive, not just survive, but to thrive. And what I mean by that is um, there were days I didn't want to get out of bed and I let, I let myself have that. But then when I was able to, I moved in a way that felt good for my body. Because guess what? When you're depressed and you don't move, you just get more depressed. And um, I knew that I had a group of women that wasn't going to let me do that. That wasn't going to let me... They were going to let me grieve in a way that felt healthy to me and that's still happening. But they were going to check on me. And that's not just my wellness community. That's the friends that I choose to surround myself with. The community in Leadville that wrapped their arms around me after my mom died was just incredible. They had a meal train, people were checking on me every day. I have never felt alone, not one moment experiencing that. And that's because I'm intentional about my circle. I'm intentional about the people in my life. I'm intentional about who I share the things that matter with. And I'm intentional about these folks being of similar mind. Um, so that's step one is being in training. I've got my wellness community. I had that touch point. I already have a baseline of healthy nutrition, of going outside every day. Every single morning when I wake up, the first thought or words out of my mouth are thank you to God that I am breathing and that I am alive and I am living. I start my morning in gratitude and then I do a daily devotional of prayer. And then I decide how I'm feeling in terms of the movement of whether I'm going to get on to that group. Um, and, if, and even if I don't have the energy to get on to that Zoom, I text those women and I say, hey, I'm not getting on this morning. I'm going to journal. I'm going to take my dog for a walk. There's someone out there loving me, keeping me accountable. I live alone in the mountains with my dog. My family is in California. I split my time between California and Colorado. That's another thing that I intentionally did. This is like the craziest thing ever. And this is what I will share with you after I can just make my point on having habits in a routine is so important no matter what's happening in your life, because that will be your touch point when shit hits the fan. Even when like I was going through, you know, figuring out the mortuary, going through photos to create my mother's slideshow, being in California for three weeks after my mom passed, even though, um, you know, I'm based in Colorado. I, even if my only touch point was to get on that zoom or to work out or to meet with my women that I meet with maybe 10 to 30 minutes, that was my 10 to 30 minute touch point of quote unquote normalcy. That was the one time a day that I felt like, okay, I'm doing this thing that I do every day. And so if you don't have a routine, if you don't have habits, if you don't have a touch point, I encourage you to create one right now. It can be as simple as having water first thing when you wake up every day, because no matter what's happening in your life, if you have that moment with your water first thing in the morning, that's going to feel normal to you. It's going to feel grounding. Find something that works for you. And lastly, last year, um, when I made all these big changes and I did Tony Robbins and I moved out on my own for the first time and 
you know, really just got clear on what was important in my life, I said, you know what? It's important for me to split my time between California and Colorado because my family is in California. And I didn't know that my mom was going to die, but I knew that as I was getting older, I wanted more time with her. I wanted to hear the stories she had to share. I wanted to hear the stories my grandparents had to share. I wanted to teach other people to be intentional with their time, their space, their finances, etc. And so last year, I was in California almost every single month. I saw my mother eight days before she passed away. And I was able to do that because I stepped outside of the box. I created a why that mattered. My why to me last year was to be with my family. So I hustled, I worked, I created business, a business. I worked hard in my business. I helped others and I created a life that allowed me to be intentional with my time that gave me moments that I will never get back. And I've been asked many times, okay, well, now that your mom's gone, like, why is it still important for you to go to California and to, you know, be in both spaces? And I'll tell you why, because that's part of the legacy. Part of the legacy is living this life where I get to create as many moments of joy as possible. I get to create as many connection points as possible. And that includes my family and friends in California. And there's so many beautiful parts of Colorado and the friendships that I've created there, the home for my dog, the skiing, the hiking, the nature. I mean, if you've been to Colorado, you know, it's beautiful and I don't want to let go of that either. And so guess what? Um, I believe that I can have both. And so I'm creating a life around that. Um, it's similar. It's so interesting. It's like, we have so much black and white thinking, like where we have to have this or that, or things are good or bad or joyful or, or hard. And I always talk about holding both. And that is exactly what holding both is. It's the belief that you know, you can hold both immense pain and sorrow and joy and happiness at the same time. It's the belief that if you work for it or just simply believe it, because sometimes things don't even have to be hard work, but if you have a belief and a desire in your heart, um, that with all of the right tools, whatever they are for you, for me, it's spirituality, hard work, a plan, community support. Um, you can hold both. You can have it all. Um, and so these are just some of the insights that I've gained over the last, um, you know, six weeks since my mom's been gone. This is your January grief uncensored food for thought. Um, I will have another episode for you in February. Like I said, you might have bonus episodes sprinkled in please reach out to me if any of this resonated with you, or maybe you have a story that you want to share. Um, I'd love to feature you on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your patience. Thank you to everyone who has been so supportive and so loving and continues to walk with me on this journey called life. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening.